Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Shelby Shear. This is my co-host, Jason Shear, who's a little bit yeah, I'm a little bit pissed, pissed Shelby. after the game that just happened. Arizona defeated Washington 95-79 to on Monday night to move 2-0 in conference play. However, there are some things that uh, happened that are frustrating, but we'll get there. So I'm not mad at Arizona's performance. No. There's other things that happened that we're going to get to that need to be talked about because they are frustrating. But we'll just start from the top. Um, was the game different than you anticipated? And if so, why? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we spent a solid 10 minutes making fun of Washington on uh, the previous podcast, and they came out and, and played relatively well. Um, I don't want to give a lot of credit to Washington. I don't think they played as well as maybe, like, part of the score indicates. Uh, if you heard that, I just broke my leg, I think, on the table. But <laughs> um, I don't think they played, you know, as well as maybe the score indicates. But there are some things that surprised me. I didn't think Arizona would turn the ball over like it did. I didn't think Terrell Brown would have the game that he did. I thought Arizona would absolutely crush him. Like, you know, I predicted it might be one of these podcasts where I say Arizona good, Washington bad, the end. Talk to you guys later in the week. That's not the case. I mean, the spread was like 24. They only won by... 16, only one by 16. 16 is pretty good. Yeah, um, only one by 16 points. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought it would be a massacre of sorts, and uh, it, it it really wasn't. They came out and gave a good college try. Yeah, go Huskies. Go Huskies. And going back to my previous podcast, um, they play better than five actual Huskies would have. Dang it. Would have been a lot cuter, though, with five Huskies. They are cute. All right. Well, I think a big part of Washington's performance tonight was Terrell Brown. He played great. What did you like about his performance? Yeah, uh, you got to give him credit. And I I think the biggest thing that I liked about Brown's performance is he he plays his ass off. He does. Uh, He gives it his all. He's just not surrounded by good players. And he did everything that he could, especially in the first half. And and we'll kind of focus in on there because that was a clear 19 points in the first half. Um, You know, it turned the ball over once, played very, very well, um, didn't get a lot of help again. Um, you know he didn't get a lot of help. You know, I hate this stat, but you scored 19 points, 8 for 11, and you're minus 7. Like, in you know, Washington shot 47% in the first half. Um, but then in the second half, Arizona kind of beat him up and basically said, okay, now it's time for someone else to beat us. And he went 2 of 11, um, but still had 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, um, came in here with freedom, and, and, and look, that's that's what the kid wanted. I mean, could he have stayed on Arizona? Probably not. You know, I, I there wasn't much of a conversation when Tommy Lloyd, you know, was hired, but um, he wanted to go to a school closer to home in Washington. He got it. He wanted to go somewhere similar to Seattle where he could get his shots up, and this kid can shoot whenever he feels like it. Um, and, and, you know, not many times in college we see a kid put up 22 shots in 28 minutes, but... He made 10 of them. He went to the line 10 times, um, you know, didn't turn the ball over, even though he had the ball a lot. And, um, you know, he he played well, and I think that he deserves credit. And, again, another reason why I hate the plus-minus stat, and I don't use it, Terrell Brown, 28 points, the worst plus-minus on the entire team, and he's the only reason the team was within 16 points as opposed to losing by 40. He definitely is a true great kid. Arizona was able to clean things up, though, especially in the second half. What made the difference for the Wildcats? 
I just think the energy changed. Uh, you take a look at the second half, like I mentioned, they uh, they started guarding Brown better. They only shot thirty five percent in the half, uh, rebounding. You know, it was it was uh, eighteen rebounds to twenty six in favor of Arizona. Um, Arizona kind of just woke up. The turnovers still too much. Eleven turnovers. Washington doesn't turn the ball over. Um, at all. That's actually not a wa- uh, an Arizona deal. Washington does not turn the ball over. Their turnover margin is is top 20 in the country. But I just think that Arizona kind of decided to defend a, a little bit more, um, you know, decided to, to kind of uh, just, just play better. I mean, really, it, that's what it comes down to. The energy changed a lot in the second half when they kind of woke up and said, you know what, this is a team that we should be kicking the crap out of, um, and we're really not. And, uh, and it's a situation where, you know, it, at no point, even when the game was within five, Washington got it within five, you, at no point did you realistically say Arizona's going to lose this game. It was kind of like Arizona was messing around against a team that it should blow out and eventually woke up and said, you know what? Yeah, okay, let's go blow this team out now. And, and I think that's kind of what happened. Arizona is a, clearly a better team than Washington. It just took 36 minutes for, for it to show. We well, just mentioned the turnovers. This is another game where Arizona has turned the ball over way too much. How big a concern is it in moving forward the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an issue. Like, you take a look at this game tonight, it, it came down to two things, turnovers and offensive rebounding. Washington had 12 offensive rebounds for 16 second-chance uh, second points, but the big one is Arizona turned the ball over 21 times for 25 points for Washington. Even if you cut that in half, this is a 30-point game. And and it's a number that should be cut in half. Like Arizona, you know, let's say because of the pace they play, they're turning it over 13 times. Well, it's still less than 21, right? And this is like the third game this season, I think, where Arizona's gotten 20 or more turnovers. And against a better team, that's going to cost them the game. They have to take care of the ball. It is absolutely an issue. It is an issue that Tommy Lloyd is fully aware of because whenever they turn the ball over, that's the first thing he mentions. But the style of play is cool. It's going to score 95 points against UW. But, man, you can't turn the ball over. And if you're scoring 85 instead of 95 and you're turning the ball over 10 times instead of 21, you're probably still winning by the same margins. Because, again, Washington, 25 points off Arizona's turnovers. It's an issue. And I think the biggest issue isn't in the guards. It's um, Azula's five turnovers and basically got benched for the last seven or eight minutes of the second half. Uh, Christian Coloco, four turnovers. Your big men should not be having nine turnovers. It's just that's not what you want. Your guards should be the ones turning the ball over because the ball is in their hand more. If your bigs are turning it over, it means that they're not being strong with the ball. They're not being aware of their surroundings with the double team, whatever it may be. But for your bigs to combine for nine of your 21 turnovers is a bad deal. And Justin Kyer, four turnovers. Tommy Lloyd said he struggled against the zone. That's the first time he's probably seen a zone like Washington. You kind of excuse it with him. But Ejulis has, has not played well as of late. Um, I asked Tommy Lloyd after the game if he was concerned, and he said he just has to take better care of the ball and rebound. One rebound for him is just as big of a concern as five turnovers. Arizona needs him to be better. Christian Galoco had 22 and 10, but he turned the ball over four times. And that kind of counteracts some of the points. So the turnovers are an issue. Like, let's say you're playing uh, against UCLA uh, that gets out and runs in transition and is clearly a better team than Washington. 
that's going to cost you the game if you turn the ball over 21 times. So it, it is an issue that they need to clean up, but they need to clean it up while also being able to play their offense. And that's easier said than done. I, I think that it's not something that's going to happen overnight. They're going to have to practice it, but it has to be one of the top priorities moving forward. Well, it's going to be a hard lesson to, to learn, definitely down the stretch, especially we're assuming we get past the Pac-12 tournament into the big dance this year. That definitely could be a, a huge weakness, so something that we definitely need to look out for. And then the thing that we ta- talked about at the top of our we're podcast. Pissed, we're pissed. We're so mad. After the game, we learned that Saturday's contest against ASU has been canceled. <sighs> What's next for the Wildcats and the season as a whole? Because this seems to be a trend. It's funny. I told uh, Justin Spears with the Daily Star, we were writing up the post game, and I said, just watch. ASU's going to lose by a lot to UCLA, and then they're going to have COVID issues. And he's like, I just don't want to find out when we're in Casa Grande. And I was like, no, no, it'll happen before then. And it, it happened, happened literally five. I knew it was bad when I started to leave McHale and I saw the SID on the phone in the hallway. Um, if you're Arizona, you're playing another game this week. There's too many COVID issues in the conference and too many teams, in my opinion at least, without a game. Uh, I think, you know, if you're UCLA, you don't want your first game in three weeks to be against Arizona. I think that, you know, shoot, I might be completely wrong, but um, I think that's the unrealistic scenario. I think the most realistic scenario is USC plays Cal. Um, They're scheduled to play uh, Stanford on Saturday. That's going to get canceled. So Arizona versus USC on Saturday at USC, to me, makes the most sense. Um, Jeff Goodman had a tweet earlier where he asked coaches if they want to pause the season for a few weeks. Basically, it, it, it's the mindset behind it is crap. It's basically like, hey, in two weeks, all these dudes are going to get COVID. Let them get COVID, and then let's just play the rest of the season. Because the rules now are if you get COVID, um, you're not tested again for 90 days. So, like, UCLA is good. They're not getting stopped again. USC is good. Oregon will be good. Like, all these teams getting COVID now are fine. So, it's like, oh, let's get COVID and <laughs> kind of well, move. Right. Yeah. Um, 70% of the coaches actually said no in his poll. They said, We're, let's play through it. I think that's what happens. I don't think the NCAA stops the season. Um, don't even think about March Madness being in a bubble, no fans. What NCAA can't lose that money. I think you're going to see a bunch of crap. Um, if it was up to me, if I was a commission, this kept happening, I would cancel the Pac-12 tournament. I would go to Vegas with all these teams, and I would just play all the makeup games. And that's how you decide the conference, no Pac-12 tournament. That'll never happen, but... That's my genius idea. Um, it's going to be trash. But the good thing is, like, Oregon, COVID, they'll come back. Colorado, COVID, they'll come back. USC, UCLA, Stanford, ASU, they don't have to be tested again for 90 days. So it's almost a competitive advantage at this point to get COVID, which sounds awful to say. Um, but that's kind of where we're at right now. Well, hopefully Arizona stays in their bubble then because they're pretty much the only one that has not had it as of yet. So... You got to be careful talking COVID. I don't want to go into the politics thing. But I will say this. Like, people say, why does Georgia not really or Alabama has it? I mean, the Alabama player at a press conference for football the other day let out the bag. He's like, well, yeah, we don't have COVID issues because they don't test us. (laughs) Like, unless you're really sick, they're not testing you. And some trainers are, I don't want to say tougher, but some trainers are a little more careful than others. Where if you have a sniffle, they're testing you. And other trainers are like, oh, it's just a sniffle. Otherwise, you're a perfectly healthy human being. It's a very broad interpretation. Right. So there's no, and it's the NCAA's fault. There's no, fun, there, there's no 
if you have this, this, or this symptom, you have to get tested. The NCAA wants no part of this, which is why in the conferences and all that, um, you're seeing such differences where, you know, some teams are playing, some teams aren't. You know, it's, it's going to be crap, but it's better than not having a season. And uh, I assume Arizona gets a game in. UCLA says they want to get a game in. I don't think they'll want to play Arizona after three weeks. But, hey, you know, I'm, I'm all about college basketball. I say play UCLA on Wednesday or Thursday, play USC on Saturday, and uh, let's get the ball rolling because I'm selfish. So, basically, Jason Shear for Pac-12 commissioner. Let's make this happen. And, you know, like, can you really blame – ASU for getting COVID, like they lost by 24 to Cal. Like that makes everyone sick. Yeah, I mean, it's disgusting. I hope everyone's healthy. I'm just joking, but that game was sick if you saw it. But you know, anytime you could beat ASU by 20 and you lose the chance, it sucks. And so now we gotta wait like two weeks for that to happen. Yeah, it's like delaying the inevitable, and gives them time to like plan their evil plots. Maybe Jed Fish will get 48 more commits in between now and then. Speaking of that, we will have our football Q&A yes. podcast. We have not forgotten. The football board is on my butt. I have not forgotten. I will get your podcast. I will reveal everything. All the deets. All the details. Kirk Risa, you're very lucky. I saw what you said to me after the game. I doubt you're listening to this, but you, you did call on me. For Shelby doesn't know this. He called on me to ask a question at the end of the presser, and I froze up. I don't know. I didn't have a question. And so I tweeted at him, and he said, next time. Uh, you'll have to ask a question. That was supposed to be Saturday. So now. You got to be ready. You got to be ready on the spot. I let down everyone. Wow. I should have asked about the bucket hat or pink shoes. Mm. The hard hitting questions. You need to have one ready to go in the chamber just in case. Yeah. Well, next time. You'll get them, Tiger. Well, thanks, then. Yeah. All right. Well, we won't be too frustrated for long. And we'll find out more about Arizona's next game. And I'm sure you'll be following Jason on Twitter. And he'll tell you all about it. Until then, bear down. Bear down. And let's play a couple basketball games this week. We will. Bear down. Au revoir. No. Au revoir. <laughs> Adios. Adios. Tenga Sh- eh, noche. Shalom. No. Oh my God, we're hitting like every country. Go. Uh, Gute Nacht. Mi Frau. Mi, mi, mi Frau. That's not, that's <laughs> Spanish and German. All right, whatever. Bear Bye. down. Bye. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.